Matthew Barnaby is proud to be partnered with CoolBet and Player Golf. I love to gamble, so why not use the most transparent sportsbook out there? Easy to navigate and easy to cash out. They aren't all like that, so go to CoolBet.com for all your online sports gambling needs. You know I love to golf. I play every single day. And my motto is look good, feel good, play good. So check out PLA. Why? Rgolf.com. Sick and sleek clothes for the course. Today on Unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby is we are going to tackle a very, very touchy subject to say the least. A disturbing and sickening subject. One that I have been a part of at different levels, hazing. I, I was a junior hockey player and this is all brought to the forefront first and foremost because of a kid that I coached in Kitchener. Eric Guest last week on Twitter released a video. Now Eric's has, has went through some tough times in the last couple of years drug addiction, um, dealing with some mental health issues. A kid I really, really like. I, I, I love, I, I think Eric is, is a great young kid. Very good hockey player, but more importantly, a good kid. But he's dealt with a lot in the last few years. But the video stated that he was essentially rookie hazed and initiated. Uh, the video said that a drafted player that was with our team because I was an assistant coach with my good buddy, Jay McKee in Kitchener, in the OHL, a part of the CHL. The CHL is the OHL, the Western Hockey League, and the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. All the leagues in Canada form the CHL. Was at a team party and locked in a bathroom with another player and forced to do cocaine before he left the bathroom. Was not given a choice except for to do it. I was part of the Kitchener Rangers at the time and I was very proud of our kids that we had on that team. I was very proud of the organization that I was with, especially our head coach, who was a no-nonsense a no type guy in Jay McKee. 
Jay McKee is a straight line guy and, and doesn't accept anything but professionalism. And we as a staff do not accept or did not accept any hazing, initiate, rookie initiations in any way, shape, or form. We had fun with the kids. We respected the kids. Our door was always, always open. It is, we're talking roughly three years later that I coached in Kitchener and that I had Eric Guest as a player on our team that we oversaw, 16 years old. This is the first of my knowledge in the last week that I've ever heard of these allegations. As a coach, like I said, our door was always open and never once did I hear of these allegations. Did the, kid have, did the kids have fun once in a while? And did the kids, the young kids have to carry the equipment in after late trips? Yeah, that's, I think that's just paying your dues. I don't think that's an initiation. Um, we, we, we knew about that. The, the rookies get on the bus or sit at the front. The veterans sit at the back. Um, they carry the equipment. Like I said, the sticks, when we get in late, or even when you load the bus, the equipment, the, the skate sharpener, the sticks, the sweaters, all that that's loaded by the rookies. That, that's just paying your dues. That, that's not initiation, but these are still allegations and everything I say today, and I want to be very careful and I will read off some papers just to not get anything wrong because I don't think it's fair. Trust me, I've been, I've been wrongly accused before Nashville and uh, I have been wrongly accused in, in a uh, domestic uh, abuse case with my ex-wife where I kicked a garage door opener and I never touched it. So I am very, very careful when they are allegations. Do I think a lot of this stuff that I'm gonna get into happen? Yes, I do, I do. To what extent? We're gonna find out, but they are still allegations and I wanna make that clear. Very, very important. So Eric Guest alleges that a teammate locked him in a bathroom and forced him to do cocaine. Disgusting stupid, disturbing, because I've had a kid leave home at 17 years old and go play junior hockey, and you entrust that he's going to be okay. I, I, I entrusted my son in Pembroke. I've entrusted my son in the USHL with Youngstown in Chicago, and he has made no reference in any which way to being hazed I'm sure the rookies do a little bit extra, but again, in talking with him, uh, nothing has been out of the ordinary. And I honestly thought that hazing was a thing of the fucking past. Was a thing of the past. I've been through it. I've seen it firsthand. But as a coaching staff, I am going to go on record right now as myself, Jason Fortier, who was there at the time, Jay McKee, who was the head coach, and even Mike McKenzie, the general manager. No one had any clue that this was going on. Did we know that the guys went out and drank on the off days, older guys? Yeah. Did we think the younger guys were going out? No. Did we know that they had team parties once in a while and, and alcohol was probably? 
yeah, there, there's guys that are old enough to drink. I'd be in a bar once in a while and see older guys in the bar, no one that was underage. But when you're 19 years old and in Ontario, you're allowed to go to a bar and have a drink. That's legal. And there's nothing wrong with it. I did it. I'm sure everyone that's listening here has done it. Um, and that that's that's just part of that's just part of growing up. But today's episode with Unfiltered, with Matthew Barnaby, is about hazing. And it started with Eric Guest, and it's taken on a new life of its own after that. Because we all know there's a, there's a trickle-down effect. When one person comes out with something, usually that triggers other people to talk about what might have happened to them. Whether it's good, or whether it's bad, or whether it's fucking awful. So after this post from Eric Guest came out, and the CHL is doing an investigation. Daniel Carcillo filed a few days ago a class action suit against the CHL. It reads, I commenced a class action proceeding today against the Canadian Hockey League and its leagues and teams. It is on behalf of underage minors who suffered violent hazing, physical and sexual assault, and psychological trauma while playing major junior hockey. I was one of those kids when I played in the OHL. I know there are many more just like me. I believe this case will give those who were abused a chance to be heard. In my experience, sharing stories of abuse is part of the healing process. It allows a person to take the power back. I also believe that the lawsuit will create a real positive change in Canadian junior hockey. This type of abuse, this type of abuse has nothing to do with the sport and needs to stop. Hazing has long been a part of hockey, um, especially junior hockey uh, in Canada. I'm sure in the United States, but I am talking more about Canada right now because of this uh, suit and all the allegations um, that will follow. It's sad, but I can go back to even... In movies, you know, we can go to old school with Will Ferrell and um, the hazing incident. I don't know if you remember with a cylinder block being tied to, you know, guys' penises. And yeah, it's a funny movie. It's a joke. Uh, but there's some real hazing incidents out there that are sad. There's, there's kids that have died in, in college from hazing, drinking too much, having stuff done to their bodies that is absolutely disgusting. We can go back to even the 80s or 80s or 90s when Youngblood came out. Rob Lowe, there's a famous scene where he's trying to run away from guys on the team, veterans on the team, because he's a young rookie, this young stud, and desperately trying to get away from these guys, where they tie him down and they gag him and they, they shave his body. So this has long been a part of the culture of hockey and absolutely disgusting and uh hopefully um, this ends very shortly i know hazing went on especially in my era in the 80s and, and 90s it was prevalent daniel carcillo i invited to be on my podcast today and he said he is not doing any media he is not doing any media right now so 
I offered him the chance to come on and defend or talk about what happened to him. He alleges during showers, rookies were asked to sit in the middle of the room, urinated on, spat on with saliva and tobacco, were made get in the back of the bus naked, seven or eight guys, and anyone that's ever been on a bus knows how small those washrooms are. You barely can fit one person in, so you stick eight in, where their clothes are soaked and tied together, and eight guys have to come out fully dressed. It's actually called a hot box. Uh, I've seen that. Bob for apples in a cooler filled with urine, saliva, and other bodily fluids. I'm mortified that he had to go through this. And other players have corroborated his story. One being a teammate, Ryan Muntz, from the Starnia Sting. Also saying that they were beaten with a paddle and that a coach saw this, laughed at it, and actually partook in beating a child. This is abuse. This is abuse. I'm going to go back before I go on with that. I went to junior in 1989 into Beauport, Quebec. Just outside of Quebec City. I was 17 years old. I was a year late. Uh, but still very immature. Nervous about leaving home. And I was the only English-speaking person in Quebec City, it felt like. And certainly not many on my team. And when I first got there, like everyone, there's, you know, there, there's a pecking order. You have your 20-year-olds and all the way down. And you have the rookies just trying to make the team. I was one of those rookies just trying to make junior hockey. And that was my goal in life was to make junior hockey. I would have done anything to play junior. I loved hockey. And I thought two years earlier when I got cut from Bantam and Midget that I might not be a hockey player. I might not have the opportunity to even play junior. I was small. So when I had the opportunity and I was drafted last overall by Beauport, I would have fucking done anything to play for this team. And that's like a lot of kids out there. Now I get there and we're near the end of training camp and we're doing initiations and, and fun stuff and, you know, ride the tricycle while you're having some drinks. Um, drinking age back then was 18. So I was actually underage when I was asked to drink and I drank, even though I didn't drink a lot uh, before that. I made up for it, but I didn't drink a lot. Um, I barely had any alcohol um, at a young age. So we were asked to sit back there and, and drink Bredore, which is, I don't know the exact alcohol content, but it's like fucking drinking moonshine or gasoline. And you had 30 seconds to drink your first beer. And they would line the rookies up and we would drink it. And you would get about a two-minute break and you're given another beer and you would chug it as fast as you can. You had like a minute to drink the next beer. 
You were given like another two minute break. You were given another one. Essentially, you were kept giving beers till you puked all over yourself or you passed out. And puking all over yourself usually came first. Not cool. Not cool. Secondly, we were asked to run from downtown Quebec at night, naked to the rink. Listen, I thought it was funny. I look back now, not quite as funny to be running naked through the streets and, and getting there and getting to the rink in the, in the middle of the night. But I, I want to do anything to make this team. And I wasn't going to be the guy. And I'm, I'm, a pretty, I'm a pretty confident person. And I always have been. But again, I wanted to make this fucking team. The end of this whole thing came after. When we were at a hotel room. And we were all drinking. And there were girls there and everything. And. They bought out, brought out a loaf of bread and they wanted four of us to jerk off and the last person to orgasm would have to eat the bread. Well, as much as I wanted to play fucking junior hockey, <laughs> this was not going to happen. This was the end of rookie initiation for me. I was done. No fucking way am I eating a bread with cum on it, especially with other people's. I laugh, but in all serious, seriousness, it, it, it's, it's so disgusting and out of the realm and, and, and not fathomable to the normal person that is listening right now that hasn't been inside of a hockey dressing room or the culture that is associated with it. I saw this firsthand. I did not partake, nor did any of the other guys. And because we were an expansion team, we had a lot of rookies. Not everyone is, is lucky enough to have a team like that. But we had some veterans that thought they were bigger than life and just thought, let's shit on fucking young kids. Let's just fuck it. We're veterans. We can do whatever the fuck we want. We run the show. And for the most part, they do especially back then. The next day, I don't say a word, but I'm fucking pissed. And I talked to a couple other rookies and we're like, fucking, something's going down. So we waited on the ice. And when the vets came on for practice, there was full out brawls. We attacked the vets. And we went after them. And our coach, Alan Shaney, fucking great dude, great guy, comes up and he's snapping, he's losing his mind, he can't understand what's going on. And he calls me into the office and I told him exactly what happened. And I said, I love junior hockey, I want to be a junior hockey player, Alan, more than anything in this world. But I'm not going to eat bread with cum on it to be a junior hockey player. He lost his fucking mind. He actually ended up trading 
a couple of players that were directly involved in this. One that was drafted in the National Hockey League. And another very good player. And essentially, that's not a culture that he wanted. And this is 1989. It's not a culture he wanted. Good for him. Traded some good players away to create a culture. That's what good coaches do. That's what great leaders do. That's what great people do. So that was my experience in junior. Did we do the hot box? Were we put in later? Yeah. And I, again, not right. But it was something I was able to live with to be a junior hockey player. And, and, and it was, it was, it was minuscule. There, there was, there was no beatings. There was no urinating on guys. There was no, we had, we had our rookie parties and it was, it was, it was more fun. And when I became an assistant captain the next year, it all ended. We went out with the rookies. We had beers with the rookies. We got the tricycles out at the bar and the bar was packed and we'd make them do tricycle races. And it was funny. And ever since then, I've never believed that there's a difference between a rookie and a veteran. You're a team. And you don't segregate your rookies from your veterans if you want to have a good team. And when any of these stories come out, there's a lot of people that worry, holy fuck, I hope my name isn't brought into it. I hope my name isn't brought into it. What the fuck did I do? What did I do to a rookie? What Did I ever piss on a rookie? To... I don't worry about that. Because I... I, I I try to treat everyone, and not even rookies, just people in general, with the same respect that I want to be treated. So I don't worry when these things come out. And going back to Kitchener, Jay McKee was our Alan Shaney that I had in junior hockey. The same class, the same dignity, dignity. There's no way that he knew that a kid on his team was forced to do cocaine. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm saying... There's no way he did because that fucking kid would never play a game for Jay McKee ever again. That I can promise. As for the allegations from Daniel Carcillo, again, kids are stupid. Kids feel a sense of entitlement sometimes, a sense of power. We finally were kids and now, now, now we're given the keys to the car. Now we're the adults. Now we're the the ones that run the show. And there's some fucking assholes out there. There's some assholes. There's, there's some bad kids out there. And unfortunately, there's a lot of followers that, that follow the bad apples and the assholes out there. And they just go along with it, even if they don't agree with it. In Sarnia, and with Carcillo's claims, and Munson's allegations that he does corroborate. The thing that's very disturbing in this whole thing is if their coach at the time, Jeff Perry, not only knew about this, but partook in this. Anyone that's a parent and you send your kid away for some reason to, to, to better their life and give them a chance at, at, at following their dreams, to subject them to abuse, it's heartbreaking. Again, I, I, I'm a father, first and foremost. It was just Father's Day. 
I'm a father. I've sent my kid away. I sent my kid away to prep school. Sent my kid away to play junior hockey in Canada. He played 15 hours away in Chicago. My daughter just finished her freshman year at university at Kent State in Ohio. Going into her sorority. I don't want to say this is only a, this isn't only a hockey thing. But there is a culture in hockey that this has been accepted for a long period of time. And enough is enough. I didn't think hazing actually happened anymore. I didn't think it happened anymore. And that's, that's what's fucking disturbing. It's abuse. And if any coach has ever been a part of it, ever, ever been a part of it, they should be fucking subject to prison. Yeah, fucking prison. It's abuse. And if coaches walk in and see it and turn a blind eye and, and walk away to being urinated on and fucking beat and spit on and degraded, you should be in fucking prison. I've always said two things. Here's what I know. As a father, if this happened to my fucking son, I would go to the person, I would beat the fuck out of them. So fucking bad that I would be in prison. That's what you do as, as a parent. You just want your kids to be safe. It goes for the same thing. If my daughter went to school and was sexually abused. Hey, you're coming to visit dad in prison for the next 20 years. Cause I'm going to fucking lose my mind. It's my kid. And all the, any player, not, not just these ones, but any player is parents that have ever had their kid abused in any which way. I'm not talking only hockey, but we're talking hockey right now. And we're talking the culture of junior hockey. I get it. Hey, I'm on the jury. Not guilty. Not guilty. Temporary insanity. Because I'd fucking go insane and lose my mind. Like I said, I, I asked Daniel Carcillo to come on the show today. Um, he refused, uh, but maybe in the future we will be able to do it. I'm not going to equate this to a Graham James, Theo Fleury. That's just, that, that's a pedophile. That's, that, that's, that's on a totally different level. But this is bad. This is really bad. And I, I, I know it's happened. I know what's happened. Again, I don't understand. I shouldn't say, let, 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 me, let me correct that statement. I understand why, why kids go through with it. First of all, not all kids are built equal and not all have the... Uh, let's say internal fortitude to fight back. They're they're compliant. They're scared. 
and most of all their 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 fear of 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 not playing and, and the players hating you and not and not making it. I remember talking to Theo Fleury and listening to him as well. His fear of not doing what Graham James wanted was that he would never play in the National Hockey League, his dream. Now, would I ever do that? Would he had to endure to get to that? I still, no, I, I wouldn't. And, and I, anyone that knows me knows I'm a fucking different bird. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a different beast. I, I'm, I'm a little fucking wacko when it comes to standing my ground and being who I, who I, who I was. I mean, I was, I was bullied when I was 12 or 13 years old in minor hockey because I was really small. And um, I ran up crying from the pool on a hockey tournament. And I walked into the hotel room and my brother who's 14 years, my elder, so 26, 27 at the time, looked at me and, and goes, why are you fucking crying? And I go, oh, I was just bullied and said I had a small dick and fucking I even hit puberty and this and that and I'm a munchkin, whatever it may be. And my brother looked at me, he goes, you're going to go right back into that pool and you're going to look that guy right in the face and you're going to fucking sucker punch him right in the face. So I did it. I went and punched the kid right in the face and nose started bleeding right in the pool. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden I had this sense of, yeah, stand up for yourself. That's because my brother, my brother told me, go fucking stand up. You might get beaten, but they're going to know that you're not to be messed with and that you won't stand for that. So ever since a young age, I was taught, stand up for yourself. Now, a lot of, a lot of kids are different. A lot of kids deal with a lot of different issues and deal with, um, I, I think, trying to fit in. And again, the fear of not playing and guys hating you, I think is the biggest reason why um, kids and back then especially it was expected it was expected hazing was was a part of old school it's funny i i i i, I talked to a guy this morning who played in the ohl through the same years i played in the quebec major junior hockey league and I asked him how the hazing was. Now he played in North Bay and he played in Belleville and he played for two of the oldest school coaches that have ever coached in junior hockey. One be at Larry Mavity, one be Burt Templeton. And I asked, I said, how was the hazing when you were there? And he said, fucking brutal. Fucking brutal. He said, on one of our teams, we only had two rookies because we were one of the best teams in Canada that year. And he goes, I dreaded, I dreaded the days off because you knew you were going to puke that night. You knew with a day off the next day that it was no holds barred. They would have their way with you. Do whatever they wanted. No repercussions. And you were going to puke. Puking's not fun. Puking's not fun. Essentially, it's like every day off that they had, these two rookies knew that essentially they were going to have the flu. They were going to be puking all night. So they didn't want days off. My next question was, did these coaches 
know what you were going through? Did they know about the hazing? And he laughed and he said, of course they did. Saying exactly what Daniel Carcillo, Ryan Muntz, allege. They were compliant. They were a part of the culture. This is junior hockey. This is a part of the culture. And I know some old school coaches. I can't say, because I just know them. I I was never in the dressing rooms with them. But I know from that era that a lot of shit happened. Again, I was part of it. But it was just confirmed to me, and I know there's many more out there, that Larry Mavity and Bert Templeton were compliant in abusing kids. We entrust these coaches with our children at young ages. They're young. They're 16, 17 years old. They're learning who they are. They're trying to find their way. They're trying to fit in. And these coaches, these fucking coaches, abused kids. And I'm glad Daniel Carcillo spoke up. I'm glad Eric Guest spoke up. I wasn't there, so I, I, again, these are allegations. But I know allegations in the past, I can allege, and I know, and I've been confirmed through certain guys, and I've heard stories from guys over the years on how their junior experience was. Fast forward, we go to the AHL. I, I, I leave in after nine, my 19-year-old year and I go to Rochester. The next year, I don't make Buffalo Sabres. I start in the AHL. And we had to do the same thing. We had to carry the sticks on and off. We had to lo- unload all the equipment, load all the equipment. We didn't go through any, I shouldn't say any, very limited hazing. They shaved our heads. They left me with a little clump in the front. I had long bangs at the time. They just left me a little clump in the front, and I had to keep it for a week. Not a big deal to me. To me, that was me being a part of the team. And then we had a rookie party where the rookies had to get really drunk. They got us really drunk. Now, I was fortunate I had a roommate in Doug McDonald at the time. Played at Wisconsin. Still a very good friend. Kids are doing great, by the way. I talk to him on Twitter all the time and love Dougie McDonald. But I was so sick that literally I thought I was going to die. I I was swallowing my own puke in the middle of the night. But that, that was normal. That was what we just thought it was a sign of, of just playing on the team. No one was pissing on me. No one was spitting on me or again, I'm going to kick the fuck out of someone. I might die trying, but I'm going to fucking kill someone if they ever try to piss or shit or spit on me. NHL, it's totally different. It's totally different. And maybe I stepped in with one of the greatest leaders that you could ever ask for. Our captain was Pat LaFontaine. 
and none of this happened. First of all, Patty would never let anybody of that happen. And I learned right there, and I hoped I learned it, and I hope I've always, that's always been me, but it really sank in on what, what a great leader does. A leader is one that brings people together and stands up for the right things. And Pat LaFontaine was our captain. Our rookie initiation is the same, I'd say, as every other NHL teams. And I can't speak for other organizations as, as rookies because I've never, I've never really heard stories of anything bad in the NHL. That, that, maybe I'm wrong, but the NHL is a professional league. Dealing with men, not boys. And Pat LaFontaine made every rookie feel like he was the most important player on the team. That's what a fucking leader does. That's what a leader does. You don't, you don't tear your team up. You don't tear people down. We all want success, right? The way to have success is to build people up, not bring them down. That's a leader. And for anyone listening out there, in any job you do, build people up. Don't tear people down. That's how you become successful. That's how you garner respect. We had a team dinner in Winnipeg my rookie year, and we paid for it. And we paid for it. Every other team I went to when I was a veteran, that's all we did. Some bills were a little higher than others, but guys are making a lot of money. But it's a team dinner, and we tell stories. We had to sing a song, tell a joke. That's a team. That's what teams are made of. The worst thing that ever happened to me in the NHL, my rookie year, I was a healthy scratch in New Jersey. And I was staying out after with a couple other guys veterans and rookies, whoever wasn't playing that night or hurt and skating with the coaches. And I saw the whole team over at the Zamboni entrance laughing. I'm like, fuck, why are they laughing at me? And I'm kind of chuckling. I'm like, oh, fuck, what did I do? What did I do? I, I, I have no clue what I fucking did. And I'm looking and they're all looking up at the ceiling. Fucking Patty and Randy Moeller Works with the Florida Panthers now, doing a great job on, on TV for Florida. But another great veteran that I, that I had the opportunity to, to learn under. And I learned from all so many great guys. Dale Howarchuk, Craig Muni, Dave Hannon, Colin Patterson. Just so many great fucking guys. But they're all pointing up to the top. And I look up. And there's my brand new... Pants from my brand new suit that I just bought. Hugo Boss, fuck was it nice. But it was hanging. Now you could barely see it. My pants were hanging from the top of the arena. Now the bus is leaving because it's going back and taking the the guys that are going to play that night, get them back for their meal, get back for their nap, and then it's coming back. So 
I just started howling. I'm laughing. And I'm like, how the fuck am I going to get my pants? So I come off and the coaches are laughing. Everyone's laughing. and But that's fun. I'm not getting fucking beaten. I'm not getting taped to a chair and fucking hit with a paddle. I'm not getting pissed on. I'm not getting forced to puke because I drank too much or drink someone's fucking spitting tobacco, chewing tobacco. I'm not getting abused. I made, felt part of a team. That's what leaders do. Pat LaFontaine, Randy Moeller, all the guys that I had mentioned and many more. You guys made the experience of turning, playing in the National Hockey League, truly what it was. Truly what it was. It's about, it's, it's about bringing people together. So I thank you guys. There's a reason why I talk to you guys all the time still. Because you made Matthew Barnaby a young kid still trying to find his way in the next league. This is the third league I'm trying to find my way in. The biggest league in the world. The best players in the world. The best players in the world. They're not pissing on you. They're not shitting on you. They're not spitting on you. They're going to dinner with you. They're going for beers with you. They're telling stories with you. That's the difference. That, that, that's the difference. So the Larry Mavities out there, the Burt Templeton's out there, fuck you. Fuck you for being compliant in abusing children. And if you would have abused my son, wouldn't have ended well for you fucking guys, I can promise you. I can fucking promise you. We'll wait and see. I will update this as it goes through. Now it's in the court systems and we'll have to see how it all plays out. But I am undeniably saying this shit happens. It happened in my era. Happened in the generation after me, certainly before me. I didn't think it was prevalent in today's day and age. And if there's one good thing about social media, there, there's, there's great things about social media. There's horrible things about social media. But the one thing social media does now is give the opportunity for everyone to have a voice and make change. There's going to be change. And there's people that are shit in their pants right now that their name is going to be associated with this scandal, because this is what it is. It's a scandal. Kudos to Daniel Carcillo for speaking up, the others that are speaking up. And, and I do think there's a difference between little jokes inside of a room or, or whatever it may be, and abuse and disgusting behavior. Like disgusting behavior. This is abuse is what has taken place. And for all those players and parents out there that are listening right now my heart goes out to you because it's just not right and whereas it might have been a part of hockey in the past it shouldn't be a part of hockey in the present and certainly not in the future
before I end uh, today's episode, I wanted to thank all my listeners out there. Um, Unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby, um, in just a short couple months, uh, we went to number top 100. We went in the top 100 in uh, most listened sports podcasts in the United States and 37 in Canada. Uh, without you guys uh, listening, this show is nothing. So I thank you. And um, I also thank my sponsors, uh, coolbet.com. Uh, which is a gambling site, most transparent for those that like to gamble out there, uh, coolbet.com. Very easy to navigate, uh, very easy to cash out, and great people to be involved with. I love gambling. Not going to apologize for it. It's fun. It makes sports interesting, uh, or at least more interesting, at least to me. Uh, And if you like to gamble, coolbet.com is the place to go. And recently, I have partnered with Player Golf. P-L-Y-R, golf.com. Check out the site. Unbelievable stuff. Here it is. Here it is. Comfortable t-shirts, comfortable golf line, um, and MB36 clothing line coming soon. We will be replacing Travis Matthews hat with the Player Golf 36 line. Hope everyone has a great week. Thanks for listening. Hope I educated Um, you on some things that have happened lately and certainly in my tenor in junior hockey. Have a great week. Love you guys. Cheers.